Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies. And I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. It is January 27th. It's a Wednesday and I am completely recovered from COVID, which is really exciting. Last week when I recorded, I was still feeling a little sniffly, but I feel all good today and I'm feeling so grateful for all the people in my life who really helped to support me during that time, most particularly my husband who tended for me and made sure I had three square meals a day (laughs) and all my vitamins and medicine that I needed because I couldn't leave the house. I'm ready to start the new year finally, which feels crazy to say because it's the end of January, but I've been really taking the whole month as a transition month. We're all expected to hit the ground running on January 1st with all of our New Year's resolutions and our changes and to start driving forward on our goals. And that's just not the case for me. Every year, I really take January as a transition month. And especially because last year was such a crazy one for all of us. It really felt like, honestly, getting covid There's a tremendous silver lining where it created this liminal space in my life where it didn't quite feel like real life. Like I couldn't really get started in my New Year's resolutions, but I needed that. And while part of it was really frustrating because I was so ready to go, I was raring to charge forward on my goals and my dreams, but I wasn't ready for it. And I really think COVID was a sign from the universe that basically was like, okay, slow down take the time to really process what happened last year, and then you can move forward because you will move forward more efficiently and more productively when you've taken the time to really recuperate and rest. In 2020, it was really about change and ups and downs and dealing with uncertainty. Dev and I, my husband, we moved around a lot last year. <laughs> we stayed in seven different places while we were in Canada, various Airbnbs during that four months. We got married Then we came back to New York, never being really certain if we were going to leave New York again. We sort of took it every two weeks at a time based on the COVID numbers. And luckily we were here for a good four or five months. And then we went to Canada for the holidays for a month. And then I was finally, finally, finally ready to be back in my apartment and settled. And then I got COVID. This is all to tell you that if you have personally been feeling guilty or disappointed in yourself because you haven't jumped into 2021 with a fresh start and turbocharged towards your dreams, it's okay. In fact, it's great. It's normal. 2020 was crazy shitstorm. (laughs) Of course, you need more than a five-day holiday period to be able to take all of that in. Even if your transition period continues into February, that's great. Let yourself be in that energetic shift from the themes of 2020 into the new themes of 2021. For me, the theme of 2020 was embracing what is. It was an exercise in how I could look at everything that was happening in my life, no matter how good 
or particularly how bad it was and to say, this is where I am right now. This is where I am. This is what the circumstances are. This isn't what I wanted. This may be the last thing that I ever, ever would want, but how can I embrace exactly where I am? And to me, that didn't mean resigning myself to fate and saying, oh, nothing's ever going to change. What it meant was embracing that that was just where my life was. It wasn't always going to be that way. I wasn't going to be stuck there, but I had to admit that that's what was happening in the moment. All the things that I hated about last year, the theme was all about how can I embrace them? And this year I have a new theme. My theme is to refine and hone and support the creation of my own voice. And it became so clear to me over the last couple weeks of 2020 that that's what I wanted my 2021 theme to be. And of course, yours will be different, but I love picking a theme for the year because it helps anchor me. It helps keep me tethered to something solid. And it helps me know that I'm making progress in indescribable, undefinable ways that are so much larger than taking things off my to-do list or my bucket list. So your homework from now until I do the next podcast, so probably seven to 10 days from now, is for you to put a theme to 2020 and then to also choose a theme for 2021. What is it that your heart most wants you to explore in 2021? And notice that that question isn't about what are the most important things for you to get done, but it's more about what will energetically feed you and grow you. What will allow you to be the best version of yourself that you can be by putting the energy and the focus behind that? Today, we're going to talk about a topic that is very, very near and dear to my heart, and that is burnout. (laughs) Burnout and mastering the delicate dance of finding balance in your relationships, in your work, in your personal life. This is something that I've really, really struggled with over the years, I am someone who always had the mentality of work hard, play hard, and I would work really hard and I would play even harder. And then I would not take any rest in between and quickly work again. I was always in movement and it had really disastrous consequences. When I was 26 or 27, I was so stressed out, even though I was doing yoga every single day, like compulsive about my yoga routine. Even that wasn't enough to counteract the extreme stress that I had in my life. And I had an entire quarter-sized patch of hair fall out of my scalp. It was totally insane. And honestly, at the time, if you had asked me, I would have said, yeah, I work a ton, but I don't know if I ever would have said that I was burnt out. I think that we all have heard the phrase, but we don't necessarily know what it means. So before we dive into this episode about how to counteract burnout and how to shape your life so that it's nourishing and healing supportive for you. I first want to just define what it means to be burnt out. And I think it's really important because we may not be able to identify it in ourselves. You might just say, oh, I'm tired or even worse. Oh, I should be able to handle this. And what burnout is, is when little and big stressors, stressors meaning things that cause you stress, accumulate and accumulate and accumulate on top of each other. And you are unable to successfully complete the stress cycle. So all that stress continues to layer on top of each other 
until you really start to physically and emotionally break down. And it's important to highlight the difference between what stress is and what a stressor is. A stressor is something that may take 30 seconds to happen, right? It can be your boss having a really snide remark about your work, or it could be the feeling of being in a meeting and not contributing or people looking at you like you don't belong there. It could be something more prolonged, like dealing with a loved one who is unwell, or it could be a job that's constantly requiring you to work 11-hour days. These are all stressors in our lives. Even things like taking the subway can be a stressor or having a partner who is very anxious, that can be a stressor. So they they can be chronic things or they can be one-off situations. And the thing about stressors is that they cause stress that can endure long past when that stressor happens. So for instance, let's say you have a really difficult conversation with your boss, You can continue to feel the stress of that for many, many days afterwards. Or let's say you're in a relationship that ends very badly. That relationship may be over, but you will still be carrying the stress that you felt during that relationship unless you're able to appropriately complete the stress cycle. And the more stress that you've built up, the more you're going to have to really work on completing that stress cycle over and over and over again, well past the point when those stressors took place. So we're going to talk about the ways that we complete the stress cycle. But first, let's talk about the symptoms of burnout. So how can you tell when you are burnt out? Well, obviously, if your hair is falling out like mine was, then... (laughs) That is a great indicator (laughs) that something is off balance in your life. There can certainly be physical symptoms. For me, my eczema always flares up when I'm under a lot of stress. For you, maybe it's rosacea or another skin condition. I also physically get really dry skin, and this might sound crazy, but my wrinkles and my general sort of hydration level in my face really, really holds those signs of stress. Like I can just look at pictures of myself and I can tell when I was stressed and when I wasn't. And it's really interesting too, because I think there's a real like energetic aura shift that happens. Obviously I'm an executive coach and I do all my coaching sessions on Zoom these days. And I know within 10 seconds of seeing the person come onto the Zoom screen, how they're doing. I don't even have to hear their voice. I can just tell from the energy that they are emitting and the way their face looks, how they are feeling. And sometimes my clients might even not mention that anything is wrong, but I just know that something's there. So the first, very, very first thing I do is to open up a channel for them to release some of that. So one, there are obviously physical symptoms. A big one is emotional exhaustion. So that is the feeling of being constantly worn out and drained. Maybe you're getting an appropriate amount of sleep at night, but you wake up and you feel tired. If you're waking up and you really need your alarm and you press news, then that's very clearly emotional exhaustion. Ideally, you want to be waking up naturally without an alarm and you want to be sleeping generally pretty well throughout the whole night. That's another big one for me is when I'm really stressed out, I always wake up a couple times in the night to go to the bathroom. And I think it's because I'm just sleeping so lightly that normally I would continue to barrel through the night without getting up to go pee. But when I'm really, really stressed out, I wake up two or three times and it's a little bit hard for me to fall asleep because my brain keeps spinning around whatever anxiety there is. 
the second thing to really look at is called depersonalization. And depersonalization means that your capacity for compassion, for caring, and for empathy dwindles. So do you ever feel like you get a text from a friend and you're just like, I can't handle this right now? Nothing wrong with you, right? Not an indicator of your character. It just means that you're burnt out. You have nothing left to give. Then we have a decreased sense of achievement. So that's the feeling that nothing you do is good enough and nothing you do matters, which is so terrible because generally when we're burnt out, we're working all the time. And that symptom of burnout, a feeling that nothing you do really mattered at all, it wasn't good enough, it didn't meet the bar, how horrible for that to accompany a moment in time when you're also just doing your best and showing up every day and just trying to work, work, work. And to not feel any achievement from that is just so sad. It's not what anyone deserves. The next is energy deficit. So just generally feeling throughout the day that your energy level is low. It might be that you're turning to coffee more, you're turning to sugary snacks more, you're relying on external things to help get that energy level up. You don't really feel alive and vital. (laughs) I think we all know how that feels when you're going through the motions of the day, but you don't feel particularly high volume, right? Or you don't feel particularly charged up. It feels like you're dragging your feet a bit. And then finally, we have impaired cognition. So that's a decrease in your creativity and problem-solving ability. The way that this can manifest itself is that you might find it really hard to make a decision. Have you ever just gone back and forth on something that you could usually just intuitively know what to do? You start doubting yourself, you're second-guessing yourself, That's because you're burnt out and that ability to be decisive just isn't able to fire the way it normally does. And there's a study that I loved reading about, which was that judges, people who are presiding over court cases, they generally make far more not guilty rulings before lunch than they do after lunch. And that's because we all have a finite ability to make decisions and it gets used up. Right, So in the earlier part of the day, before it gets drained from you, one is able to really look at the nuances of an argument and decide, okay, what is really happening here? What's at stake? Is this person guilty or not guilty? But in the afternoon, once lunch is over, you're sleepier, you've used up that decision-making capacity, you're much more risk averse. You don't want to make a mistake. You're not as prepared to deal with the nuances of the court case. And so you rule guilty because that is easier and less of a risk than accidentally saying not guilty and having the person be set free who did it. And so that anecdote of that study that I read shows that we are far better at problem solving and sophisticated and complicated challenges when we feel rested. So I'll just go back over these symptoms now really quickly. And as I do, I want you to think about whether or not any of these apply to you. It doesn't have to be all of them. (laughs) Sometimes it is all of them. It could just be one or two. We all have this show up in different ways, but just sort of take a mental tally as I summarize the symptoms of burnout. So first, obviously physical symptoms. It can be emotional exhaustion. So that's the feeling of being drained, depersonalization, less of a capacity for empathy and compassion. Third is a decreased sense of achievement. So that's you feeling like what you're doing isn't good enough constantly. 
The next is energy deficit. Then finally, impaired cognition. And the most important thing is that these symptoms aside, I mean, these are just ways for you to generally tune into what's happening in your body and in your spirit. I think we all generally know if we are burnt out. If you just really ask yourself, am I burnt out? Then don't think, oh, I don't have any reason to be burnt out. I'm not burnt out. Don't ask yourself what the reasons are, if you deserve to be burnt out or not. Just really tap into what your intuition says and what your body feels and ask yourself, have I extended myself too much? Are there latent stressors and stresses that my body has to get rid of? Are there stress cycles that I've experienced that I haven't adequately released? And if the answer is yes, then keep listening because now we're going to talk about how to complete those stress cycles. The first way to complete the stress cycle is my favorite, and that is physical activity and sweating. I have a dog, as you guys know, my beloved, adorable, perfect Grover, And whenever he experiences something stressful, he immediately shakes it off. So he shakes his entire body. It's kind of amazing. I've videotaped him in slow-mo doing it before. And I just think it's the craziest thing because literally every inch from the tip of his nose all the way to the tip of his tail is totally shaking. And all animals do this. They all have natural mechanisms for releasing stress. And we do too. Have you ever felt like... After a very stressful day, you just want to go for a run or you just need to stretch out your body. For me, I love punching things. (laughs) So before the pandemic, I used to go to Rumble, which is like a boxing gym. And I just loved being able to hit a bag as hard as I possibly could when I was really stressed out. I also really like doing jumping jacks. I like things where I'm flailing my arms and my limbs. I love dance classes. I love any way where I can just really stretch out my body and move it in a really vigorous, fast-paced way. I've been working out every weekday morning. I think this is really important because it's not for me at all about losing weight or being thin or having a six pack or anything. It's really about completing the stress cycle because honestly, we accumulate little moments of stress every single day. It's just a natural thing that happens to all humans. And so to have a daily practice of time already set up where I know I can be releasing those little stress cycles that I have accumulated throughout just the course of living is really, really important. The next one is another favorite one of mine, and that is crying. (laughs) I am a natural tearer. I tear up really easily. I cry when I'm happy. Something that my husband said in his vows to me when we got married was that he loves that I cry whenever I feel loved, and that is really true. Nothing can move me to tears like the feeling that someone really cares about me. I'm actually kind of tearing up now just thinking about that day and that moment. But for me, a really good sign that I am burnt out is when I start to tear up. When I worked at that job at that venture capital firm, I was doing that all the time. And it was kind of strange and disturbing for me at the moment because I'd be having a conversation with my boss and I would just start tearing up over things that, quote unquote, one normally wouldn't cry about. And I didn't realize it then because I was like, gosh, what is wrong with you? Hold it together. It was just, I had so much stress. It was completely brimming over. 
I really like seeing a therapist. I discovered this amazing platform recently called Headway where you can find therapists who take your insurance. And I'm really, really lucky. It took a bunch of digging because I had a therapist who I loved, who I left a couple years ago. She was no longer fit for me after three years of working together. And I've tried like four or five therapists since then. And I finally landed on one and she takes my insurance, which is kind of amazing because I'm self-insured. I own my own business. I work for myself. I have Oscar insurance and I only pay $50 a session, which is really, really great. And I know that therapy is not available or accessible to everyone, which is so unfortunate in our society. But if you do have access to it, just having that space where you can cry is really important. When you feel yourself start to cry, don't try to bottle it up. And obviously not every situation is going to be conducive to being able to cry. But then later on, when you can, see if you can get yourself there. I listen to sad music sometimes to try to really get it out of me during appropriate moments when I know that it's there, when I know that that reservoir of tears is waiting to be released. We release stress hormones when we cry. Crying is a natural biological and human mechanism for releasing cortisol stress. We're supposed to cry when we have stress built up. When I cry now, I often say to myself, oh, great, I'm releasing that stress. When I was growing up, my mom hated it when I cried. I think it was very upsetting for her and she used to yell at me about it. So I used to have some hangups about crying. I just cry all the time now. And one that's related to crying is laughter. So laughing is a really, really great way to relieve stress. When I was most stressed out before I started my own company, I would often watch stand-up comedy in the morning <laughs> before I went to work. One, it put me in a really good mood. Uh, so I'd find stand-up comics who I really liked on Netflix or listen to their stand-up routines on Spotify. And it really helped me release that stress. So however it is that you laugh, if it's with your best friend, if it's watching a show, smiling, laughing, all really helps you release those stressors that have been built up. Here's another one. It is deep breaths. So when you breathe in and then breathe out very, very slowly, that helps your body activate the parasympathetic nervous system and release those stressors that you've been holding on to. What I like to do is I like to breathe in for four seconds, hold my breath, breathe out for six really slowly those counts are long. First, it may feel like too much, too deep, but just keep going with it. And if it does feel that way, if your body feels resistant to it, then just keep moving through it. Breath work is a great way to do this. I don't know how many of you guys have taken a breath work class. There are some really great guided breath works that you can do. Aaron Telford, which is spelled T-E-L-F-O-R-D, I think, Erin, E-R-I-N. She's a great breathwork instructor and she has some great seven-minute guided breathwork recordings that you can do at home. So try that, highly recommend it. Our respiratory system is such a great mechanism for us releasing that stress. And then the final one that I have for you guys today is creative expression. So for me, this is journaling and this is writing Whenever I feel that there is something that needs to be explored, then I open up a Google Doc. I turn my screen brightness all the way down so that I can't see the screen. And then I just type and type and type and type. I also set my timer for 20 minutes and I just let loose. I don't worry about punctuation, about grammar, capitalization. I just get it all out. 
And the important part here is to be uncensored about it. So whether it's painting or crafting or beading or weaving, knitting, sewing, drawing, whatever it is, singing even, it's so, so good just not to give a shit about whether or not it's good or not. I also love singing. I am horribly, horribly tone deaf. I am not the best singer in the world, but I really love singing in the shower. I love singing in the car and I don't let myself be stopped by it because I know it's a really good thing for me and it's just fun. It helps me release my stress. These are all things that seem like they take a lot of work. Obviously making the commitment to move my body every morning is intense. It takes up a big chunk of my day that sometimes I feel guilty about that I think it could be better served actually sitting in front of the computer and doing one of the many, many things that I have on my to-do list. But the visual I always think about is, let's say you're running a five-mile race. Would you rather run that race feeling totally rested by taking a 15-minute break somewhere in the middle so that you can go to the bathroom and you can eat something sugary so that you can recharge and drink some water? Or would you rather run the whole thing completely tired, exhausted, and hungover? Obviously, it would be the former. And even if you're taking an hour in advance of that race to prep and make sure that you feel really good, you're going to make that time up while you're running, right? Because your speed is going to be better. Your speed, your enjoyment, the quality of your running is going to be better. If you're running while you're exhausted, it's just going to take forever. And if you're running while you're injured, you're just going to create even more damage to your body. So it's the same thing with work. If you're working when you're already burnt out, you're just going to continue to burn yourself out more and more and more. And it becomes this terrible, vicious cycle where it feels like you essentially are exhausted whenever you go on vacation, that even when you go on vacation for a week, it still doesn't feel like enough or get to the end of a weekend. You've done nothing on Saturday and Sunday and you think to yourself, why am I still so tired? It's because two days is not enough to counteract that accumulation. So there's no limit to the amount of stress that we can hold on to, right? It's not like there's a set compartment somewhere in our body that holds on to that stress. And when it's all filled up, it doesn't take any more in. That's not how it works. It keeps piling and piling on top of each other. And so know that the longer that you have gone without allowing your body to release all these stress cycles completely, the more work it's gonna take. It's a deficit that you have to make up. Most importantly, I never want you to feel like these are now five more things that you have to put on your to-do list. Oh, now I have to exercise every day. Now I have to go listen to sad music and make room for myself to cry. Now I have to find a therapist, whatever. I want you to look at these suggestions as fun. So pick the things that feel really good for you. Pick the things that you're drawn to. Take pride and joy and revel in the ability to do something really, really nice for yourself because you deserve it. None of us deserve to be holding on to the stress. You should never feel that you don't have a right to take time to take care of yourself. If you're still feeling at the end of this episode like it's not a big deal for you to be stressed and stress is normal, I highly recommend watching a movie called Stress, colon, Portrait of a Killer, a National Geographic documentary, which sounds like a really intense (laughs) title, but it talks about how stress impacts humans and it impacts animals and how it is literally the number one thing that is detrimental to your health. 
You can watch it on YouTube. I think the whole thing is available and it's only an hour. So I highly recommend that you watch it because I watched it after that big piece of hair fell out of my scalp when I was 27. And I realized I needed to do a full life overhaul. It's when I started meditating. It's when I took a year off to travel. I took a travel sabbatical. Obviously that's not available to anyone right now because of the pandemic. But because we live in this capitalist society that is telling us that we need to be working harder, 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 and that greatness is only achieved by people who never sleep, it takes some time to rewire that. A huge part of rewiring is knowledge. And so watch this movie, Stress, Portrait of a Killer, and educate yourself on how and what your body needs. Thank you guys for listening. I would love it if in addition to you picking a theme for 2020 and a theme for 2021, you could also just write in your journal the ways that your body tells you that you're stressed out. Think about those stress symptoms and write down the ones that apply to you. And then also write down two things that you can do starting today that are fun for you and that allow you to complete the stress cycle. So choose something that feels vibrant, that makes you feel alive, that makes you feel vital and just start doing them. If you ever feel guilty about doing them, then tell yourself, I am working right now. I am working. This is my work because I am better. I operate better. I problem solve better. I'm more creative. I'm more in touch with what it is that I'm doing when I allow my body to release these stress cycles. That's the way I think about it. Whenever I'm exercising and I'm like, ugh, am I really doing this right now when I have 75 emails to answer? Then I think, yeah, this is exactly what I need to be doing because I'm going to fly through those emails. Thank you guys for sharing this podcast. Your love has been tremendous and it means so much to me. I wanted to just remind you guys, as I do at the end of every podcast episode, the most important thing in the world is to listen to yourself, to love yourself fiercely, and to say yes to life so life can say yes to you. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast because it comes out on a different day every week, just really based on when I think I can do the best job in recording it. Thank you guys, and I will see you next week.